got a message. God's now time for your life. Enter your prophetic destiny. And so I'm speaking into this church, but I'm speaking into your life and, and I'm giving some what I believe is what we need to do right now to push this church forward. We're at a place right now where we need, we need, we need more facilities. We need more finances uh, to do what we need to do. We're living in the last moments of the last days. There's so much work to be done, so many souls to be saved. We need extra facilities. It's not time to lay dormant. Uh, body of Christ. It's not time to find a little house with a picket fence and, and raise a nice little family, although I absolutely believe in that. I did that myself. But God has huge purposes and plans for your life that mean this, that he wants you to be so blessed with his purposes, so blessed with a future, so blessed with so much hope that you are absolutely contagious on fire, living such a big life that you can actually walk through life like a giant and, and cause like ripples and cause influence and cause people to be shaken right down to who they are on this planet, to who they are in God and cause them to be saved, cause them to realize their bigger life. That's what a born again believer is when they're baptized at Toowoomba and baptized in the Holy Ghost. Who's going to be there on that day? They're powerful days. Everyone comes out and looks at us. We get about a hundred people there. And of course, people go into the waters of baptism. And you know what? Heaven opens and you can feel it, man. You can feel Father God saying, this is my daughter. This is my son who I am well pleased. And people get out of the waters. They're totaled by God because the waters of baptism is a powerful encounter of grace meeting faith, grace meeting faith. And when you do that, not in a religious way, but in a powerful demonstrative way of saying, I'm going public for Jesus. I'm not keeping this a secret anymore. I'm born again. I'm spirit filled. God has a plan for my life. And I believe when you go public like that, man, heaven opens and Father God says, this is my son. This is my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. And it's a powerful thing, isn't it? Isn't it amazing how the homosexuals have got, since they've gone public with their Mardi Gras and stuff like that, how they're becoming more demonstrative. They're, they're, I mean, I'm trying some shoes on. Some guy said something about my shoes. I didn't know, you know. You, and Julie says, that guy's trying to crack onto you, you know. Said, oh, see, I thought he just liked my shoes. No, there's his partner over there. There's, there. I go, oh, okay, sorry. So anyway, I'm a bit ignorant to all that stuff. I love everyone, including them. When God knit you together in your mother's womb, he had, he had a distinct purpose and timing for your life. He knew before the foundation of the world the time frame for your birth. So you're born to be in this time frame right now. At that point of conception, your life cycle began. During our life cycle, we have many choices each day. So there's a life cycle. You're born and you're on a journey and then you go to be with God. During our life cycle, we have many choices. Each day when we arise, our first thought should be, choose you this day. Choose ye. There's another version that says ye. Who likes that version? Choose you, but this day whom you shall serve. Joshua 24 verse 15. And if we serve God, we will succeed in the... Re I love this. This, 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 this quote is potent with incredible powerful um, uh, statements of, of truth if we serve God we will succeed in the redemptive plan for which we created us redemptive plan if you're going to be redeemed uh, God's style you're going to lose 
every sickness you got. You're going to lose every poverty you got. You're going to, you're going to be brought in from a scattered position, from all the abuse, from all the heartache, from all the, all the stuff you've suffered in life. God will bring you in from the back paddocks of life and he will bring you into a whole being, body, soul and spirit. Who believes that? that that's what it's like. Now, damaged people, they de- decompartmentalize their life, don't they? They, they say, look, that part of me, man, look, I can't even show the world that. That's an ugly thing. And, and that part of me that's so sad and despairing, let's leave that out. And some people can't even find parts of themselves. Some people are just so fragmented. Uh, they're, they're just, you know, they're not whole. So God truly, if you follow God, lift God up and, and live for God, you will become whole in Jesus' name. Just understand that. And I'll get to that later. We will be aware of His presence. Who wants to be aware of His presence? Uh, we will know when we deviate from his ultimate plan and we'll also know when the enemy of our soul, Satan, attempts to interrupt that life cycle of God. Um, let's have a look at a scripture and you know it and I know it, but Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. Say hope in a future. Say, say it again, hope in a future. That's the NIV version. I like the NKJV version for it says, for I know the thoughts. God knows you. He knows every hair on your head, the Bible says. He knows. He's got thoughts towards you. Man, I'm looking at Julie. I've got thoughts towards her. She's got thoughts towards me. Okay, that's the end of the church service. God bless you. (laughs) For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace. And not of evil to give you... They're not of evil, are they, darling? They're not of evil, are they? And not of evil to give you a future and a hope. God's got a future for you and some of us are stuck. Who's ever been so despairing that you're stuck and you feel disconnected from all future and a hope? You used to have future and a hope. You used to believe in the church. You used to believe in God. The church can do anything and Jesus can do anything and the Bible can do anything and God, I can do anything and God. But you got stuck. You got despairing. You lost your hope. You lost your future. Now you just just... You're just a, I don't know, I'm seeing a scene in a busy city and you just become a commuter, just a commuter. You're just a commuter. You're just a commuter. You know what I mean? You're just a commuter in life. You're not a commuter. You're a wild adventurer. You're, 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 you're Bear Grylls type stuff. Bear Grylls, he's scaling mountains. He's hiding out in carcasses. He's, 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 hang on. No, that's not good. Uh, he's, he's, he's on a wild adventure. He's being dropped off by helicopters in the wilderness and he's scaling mountains. He's swimming rivers. And, and man, that's what we do in the spirit realm to save people. Not just to go on a holiday and have some photos at the end of the day. We do all that stuff. We're, 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 we're taking on beasts of burden. We're taking on stuff. And we're, we're going in for people. We're, on, we're a rescue crew. We're the Thunderbirds. We're the, we're the Thunderbirds. You know, we're, we're that and more. We're, we're more and plus. We're, we're on a wild adventure, born for this hour. You have a future and a hope. You're not, you're not just a normal citizen. Back to your life, citizen. Nothing's here to see. No, there's plenty to see right here, right now. In God, this is the kingdom. This is God manifested, the church. This is a miracle. This church is here. Oh, this is a nice place to sit. Oh, gee, well, I like this. Gee, we're fantastic. Oh, can't wait for my baked dinner now. No, we're, we're in God, my God. We're in the presence of God. God's trying to drugs get you alive and, and give you a, a, a burden for, for your city, for your neighbor. Give you a burden for your church. And, and, and I, I want to go to some biblical examples of that, that, 
This, and how do you get your, how do you get your future? I've got to lose the notes now. How do you get your, how do you get your future? It's based in promises. You can stand on those promises. You can take those promises to the bank. All the promises in the Bible, you can take those to the bank. They're all, they're all still got the same value. They're not going down. You know, they're not like borders shares, the borders shares. You know, I went to borders, went by there. You can get three CDs for 10 bucks. What's all that? They're going bankrupt. God's not going bankrupt. The shares are still good. Top rock solid, better than Microsoft, better than Apple, better than anything you can buy. This is what you need to invest your life in. This is what you need to stand on and take to the bank of your soul and say, soul, we're going to live our God according to not borders shares, not, not something else shares. We're going to live according to the value in the stock market of the Bible, the promises of God. That's where your hope is. That's where your future is. It's in the promises of God. How do you realize that? You might have read your Bible and seen a common theme through there. You might have found a common theme. Gee, where's God speaking to me? Look at that, look at that. I showed Andrew this morning. I said, check this out, buddy. Julie's singing that song. Now look at that. Look at that scripture. What it says in Psalms. They will seek you the Lord. And he sings a new song unto the Lord. Do you know what I'm saying? And how else do you find it? You might have had a vision. Who had a vision? Who had a vision this week? Who had a dream? Who, who sensed something in a dream? Andrew's flicked me a dream he had about a very important decision I've got to make. He, he said, I'm not ordinarily given to this, but here's a dream I had last night. He didn't want to send it. Jilly made him send it. You know what I mean? And he sent me the dream and it was bang on. It was bang on. I took that dream and God revealed his will to me. You know what I mean? We've got to believe that God is trying to speak to us. How else can he speak to us? By circumstances. Some people have been spoken to by a dog running over the road. Wow, that reminds me. God, you know, it can happen anyway. It can happen anyway. God is, God might have given you a prophetic word. He gave one to Troy, who was standing at the back there, and gave one to James Samara um, Karma, who was sitting, standing there. And at the end of this church service last Sunday, I prophesied into her, and she just started to gully rake these tears. God showed himself faithful. God showed himself that he cares for her, that his thoughts are not of evil, but of care and concern and a future and a hope. Each one of us and this church has a future and a hope. You're not left out of the equation. Oh, forget him, forget her. Oh, they're just... Well, that can happen, but he can kickstart you again, you know, just because you're a little bit out on the back paddocks of life. He can bring you in into God's purposes and plans and let you rock again. Where am I up to now? <laughs> I know the plans. God is revealing it to us. God has sent. Dutch Sheet says it like this. Life is a series of changes, a process of going from the old to the new, from Kronos. That's a general process of time to Kairos. Hoping you understand the difference between Kronos, which is just chronological time. You're sowing, you're getting up in the morning, you're having your Wheaties. You go to work, you earn your dollar, you come home, you tend your garden, you go to your cell group meeting and you come back and you think nothing's happening, but it is. Um, a general process of time is chronos. A kairos time is opportune time. Say opportune time, strategic time. I'm Jules, I'm sensing this is a strategic time for us to go forward. We need to go forward. I need to go forward. I'm over this season. I'm over it. I'm over the kids meeting in a tent, to be honest. I don't know about you. I'm over that. Uh, tents are great for a novelty for a while, but, you know, we go away to a caravan. And, you know, we can do about four weeks in a caravan, but I'm over it. I'm over that caravan, man. I want to get back to my, my house, you know what I mean? So uh, I believe there is a moment in time, a, a now time, where we need to shift 
And, and God will give you a burden for that moment. God will give you a time. And listen, um, it's, a, it's growth, change and revival. An opportune strategic now time can be growth, change or revival. Um, all are processes. Life is connected. Not understanding this, we tend to despise the chronos. We tend to do that, the small beginnings, the, the mundane. We tend to do that until we get, you know, until you land a contract, Andrew. You know, you know. I won't mention how much, but it's a big contract. And you, and you, you probably go to work sometimes. You go, oh, my God, do I have to really do this? But when that contract comes through, buddy, you know it's not just for you, but for the kingdom. Uh, we tend to despise the Kronos times of preparing, sewing, believing. Julie would always love to paint. You know, she'd, she'd say, let's paint this room. I've got to, I've got to prepare. We've got to do the Kronos time. We've got to do the mundane, the preparing, the preparing. I like to prepare. Who likes to prepare? Or who likes to just charge in and just paint? Get some paint from Bunnings and let's paint the damn thing. You know, let's change the color. Julie's like that. Let's change it now. And I go, hang on, we've got to, I'm trying to sand. She's painting behind me. I'm trying to say, she, <laughs> it's, uh, anyway, it, it, we operate differently. Times of preparing, sewing, p- believing, persevering. When I'm, I'm doing all that as a church. I'm doing, I'm sowing, I'm, I'm, I'm being patient with the tent out there in the paddock. I'm doing all that. I'm doing, all, I'm doing okay with the, with the finances challenge, but I'm over believing and persevering. We're not losing or wasting time. We're investing it. This is what he says. And if we do so faithfully, the shift will come. Daniel, Daniel 9, and this is what I'm trying to get at, and I haven't got much time to get it out. We see a biblical example of this in the desolation season. Desolation is like, um, okay, the wilderness. Uh, Everyone understands the Israelites in the wilderness. They were in there for 40 years wandering. Jesus was only ever in the wilderness for 40 days, by the way. He he got with the game plan. He rebuked the devil and uh, he overcame him and... You know, and, and he was in there for 40 days. You don't have to be in the, in the des- desert. You don't have to be in desolation. You don't have to be in the wilderness 40 years. You don't have to do that. You, you, you can be in there for 40 days, 40 minutes. I don't know. Whatever your 40 is, it could be 40 something. But you don't have to be in there for 40. 40 years is way too much. And we haven't got enough time for you to be in there for 40 years. Daniel gets a burden. He says, no, something, no, he's in the world. He's in this captivity time. And Daniel, uh, Daniel 9-2, yeah, he's right, he's right on with me. So this is a season, this is a season of prophetic fulfillment. And, uh, and Daniel's realizing that Israel had been in captivity for, for, uh, in Babylon for 70 years and was still in bondage when Daniel began reading the prophecies of Jeremiah. Who likes to read the Bible? Who likes to hear from God? Who likes to understand we're living in these days right now? We're living in the days when God is unfolding his plans. Who's believing in that or who's just saying, look, God, it's pretty dramatic. Please leave me out of it, you know. And, uh, but I believe it's time to wake up, sniff the roses and get, get a handle on the times in which you live. And so this is what happened for Daniel 9-2 in that first year of his reign. I, Daniel, understood, say understood, from the scriptures, good to read the Bible, from the scriptures, according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah, the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem, that this, this desolation period, this time of captivity period, uh, would only last 70 years. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition and fasting and, uh, and in sackcloth and ashes. And, and, and suddenly Daniel realizes it's now. We should be out of this now. We should be, we should be 
We should be able to be moving on now. Now, that's for you, but that's for us corporately. But that's for our town too. I really felt like on Thursday when the fraternal meeting came together that we had another shift that now was time to rebuild it. So we nominated a new key. Uh, we nominated the Baptist minister, um, Jamie. He's in charge of the fraternal now because he's young, he's fresh, he's got passion. He's saying, why aren't we meeting more? Why aren't we praying more? That's what we've given up on prayer, us old timers. Uh, we, we just know what to do now and it's ticking along just fine and we're waiting on for our super to kick in. And no, Jeremy, Jamie's saying, why aren't we praying? Why, why can't we? You can meet at my... Yeah, great. We nominate you. Da, da, ba, da, ba, de, ba, dam, and uh, we confer upon you the mandate to head up the fraternal meeting and it's going to introduce a new day. That was a now time, a prophetic time for the life of the, the, the churches in Wyong. Am I, am I tracking? Am I talking too fast? Sorry, I've got a lot to say. Is that cool? Sorry, I, I just got all this in me. It's in me and on me and around me. Luke, can you take over? Sorry. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and you know what I mean? I, I sense that was a now time, a shift. We're coming out of the old season. The, the, the Anglican minister, he's, he's, he is retiring. And, and he's saying, look, this is great. I, I'm, I'm on my bike, but who's... And bang, the new day is in him. So we're going to meet at the Wyong Baptist. We're going to have fraternal me- and prayer meetings. And we're going we're gonna to eat chocolate and cake and orange juice and coffee. And, um, and anyway. And so Daniel suddenly understood that there was a prophecy given many years before and that now was the time for the prophecy to be fulfilled. Praise God. Breaking out of desolation... Daniel 9.3, breaking out of desolation. So I turned and set my face toward the Lord God. And this is what we did as a church years ago in birthing this church. We continually for seven years met on Chapman Hill and turned our face to the Lord in birthing this church, in birthing this church. Listen to me, nothing comes easy. God's plans and purposes and God's fulfillment, prophetic fulfillment of your life, your business, your family, your children, your, your calling in your life, it won't come easy. So I thought, Garth, if I could start up the prayer meeting again and do it like this, do it like this. Maybe I could invite the potential um, preachers to turn up and I could teach them to prophesy into the air and, I, and, I, and we would just get some music going and I would teach these young people to stand up and begin to get their voice because voice is about, it's about training it and getting it bigger. Some people's voice haven't, hasn't got the projection yet. They, they haven't got the projection of their spirit. They haven't got the projection of their heart yet and, and you can develop your voice. Do you know what you know what I mean? And I thought, is that a good idea? I'm going to throw it out now in case I forget about it. That I should invite on Tuesday nights through the prayer meeting. If you want to preach, you turn up tonight and you prophesy into God's will for this place and into the local cities and towns and, and schools. You pro- and you know what? Girls too. Girls too. You will develop a preacher's voice and you'll begin to understand the, 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 the sense of God and the flow of God in your life to be able to apprehend God's will and then pray God's will out. He wants to use you. He wants to use you to change things down here. That's the big revelation that you need to have right now. Little old you who has the God authority to approach the throne of grace and to pray in that, little old me. Well, it's true. It's absolutely true. And I tell you what, if I can get a bunch of young people maybe and older people here prophesying, prophesying like Daniel, getting a burden for God. This Tuesday started. I think we need to. I think we need to go public and be accountable to this, to this statement right now. We're going to start Tuesday night prayer somehow this, and, and, and invite all... 7 o'clock. 
Daniel did two things. Number one, he turned to God and he dialogued with him through prayer and supplication. Two, he began to deny himself through fasting and all the, the desolate, that desolation could be broken off. That's what we did. That's what we did. Three-step process. Step one, God gives an intercessory call. God gives an intercessory call. Boy. And uh, we get this impression, we get this stirring in our spirit that something's got to change. We got it years ago when we realized God wanted a spirit-filled church in Wyong. We were stirred with it. We were burdened with it. It was like fire shut up in our bones. We couldn't contain it. We had, to, we had to go public with that knowledge. And then we had to pray it into being. And like Daniel, we faced our face to God. And with sackcloth and ashes, we began to bend our knee. And we really went to town for God, realizing that God was looking for someone. And, but in the end, one a church to stand and pray for this prophetic fulfillment of what God wants to do in our towns and cities and we could go into more of how he did that in Ezekiel 22 we see it again with Ezekiel Ezekiel and and, oh man we used to quote this all the time in Ezekiel 22 uh, these are biblical examples so we had Daniel goes to the scriptures realize hang on my people shouldn't be in bondage but all this time it's 70 years that's up Jeremiah said 70 years only and then we're on our bike and then we're out people Daniel said come on we're out of here 70 years only we've done seven years we're on and we're out and that's what Daniel did so Ezekiel he has the same deal but God actually spoke to Ezekiel firsthand he spoke to Ezekiel didn't get the scripture so much out of uh, another prophet but God spoke to Ezekiel directly God spoke to Ezekiel directly and 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 it goes like this and I need to read it it's in Ezekiel 22 you can jot it down 29 and it's the people of the land practice extortion and commit robbery. They oppress the poor and needy and mistreat the alien, denying them justice. So we've got a lot of bad stuff happening. There's, there's corruption in the land. And I look for a man. I look for a church. I look for a man. I look for a woman among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it. But I found none. Well, he did find someone in the end. He found Ezekiel. And Ezekiel stood for this prophetic fulfillment of Israel laying, laying dormant in the, des- in, the desert, in the desert, in desolation, and the dry bones. You've heard the scripture? The dry bones. And so we want to probably get into that. Yeah. Step two, God revives an unfulfilled prophetic destiny. I just need to... I just need to mention that. Yeah, God revives unfulfilled prophetic. I just feel God's reviving. Some people have lost their future and their hope. God, God's lost. I, I, I met some... Anyway, I won't get to talk about that. Um, met some people last week that I, I just sensed lost their prophetic destiny. God, revive us again. Revive us to believe in your church. Revive us to believe in, in, in my personal hope and future that you have called me to live out God never destined anyone. God never purposed you to live a boring, dull life. Um, he, he didn't. He, you're a gangbuster. You're a wild adventurer. You're Bear grills and steroids in the spirit. You, you are, you're, 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 you're Donald Trump. You're, Andrew's a Donald Trump taking the spoils of the marketplace, bringing it back to the house of God so we can build the facilities to win more people to Christ and reconcile a lost community 
and, and people's lives to God. That's why, why we take money. Why do we take money? Why do you need money? Money builds facilities. Money gets the gospel out there. Money pays for wages. It pays for phones. It pays for stuff. It, it, that, that's what money is. That's what the money does. If we had more money, we'd bow. someone said to me, why aren't we doing more out of the community? And I would say to them, you give us more money, we'll do more into the community. We support Hope Radio in Africa. We support two missionaries in, in Thailand. We support the, 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 the scripture uh, teacher in, in Wyong High School. You give me more money, and trust me, we'll do more money into the community. Money makes the world go around. Money makes the world so just lose that stinking thinking religious thought that God doesn't use money. Um, step three, God calls us to prophesy and that's where I want to sort of bring it to, to prophesy, to prophesy into our situation. It, Psalm 110 verse 3 says, your troops will be willing. I, I, don't, know if we, I don't know if this scripture applies to us. Uh, I, I'm sort of, I, I've got to say it as a preacher, I'm hoping that it is true. But I know I've lived in days like this. Luke, Garth, Andrew, the crossroads people that used to be. I know I've lived in days like this in Psalm 110 verse 3. Your troops will be willing on your holy day of battle, arrayed in holy majesty from the womb of the dawn. That means from the womb of a new day. Imagine standing on the brink of a new day and going, imagine waking up one day. And, 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 this, and this man stood in front of you and said, guess what? We've de- deposited a million dollars in your account. We've healed every ailment in your body. You now have the resources to do whatever God has called you to do. You now have the permission to move your life out in and engage the crisis at hand, which is lost humanity. Standing at, at, the, at, the, at, the, at the day of a new dawn, Standing on the brink. What does it say? Standing at the womb. Birthing a womb. It births. It births. A womb births. It birthed us. I I sense we're standing in that day, the now time. Prophetic fulfillment of your life, my life, this church's life. To go into a new day. And and this morning was quite tangible. The presence of God. The authority of God. Julie, Julie wrote a new song to the Lord this morning. That, that, that's powerful. You, you just don't do that if you've got no power. Your troops will be willing on your day of battle, arrayed in holy majesty. From the womb of the dawn, you will receive the dew of your youth. We are birthing prayer that has the power to break through. God says, here is what I plan to do in this area. Now prophesy it. Prophesy into our destiny. I'm going to pull up. I need to get this next part out properly. and I want to talk about the Ezekiel. We've given two examples throughout the Bible. Examples of the types of prophetic declarations into the situations that were at hand. And one of them was Daniel, but the other is Ezekiel. And it's in Ezekiel 36 and 37 when God said to God said to Ezekiel, Ezekiel 36, 21. Let's just put up that anyway. I had concern for my holy name. God has concern for his holy name. I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel profaned among the nations where they had gone. Therefore say to the house of Israel, this is what the sovereign Lord says. 
Now, you've got to get this, okay, before we go on. Israel is decimated. It's scattered. This is a holy nation. God says the nation of Israel is a holy nation. This, this nation has been decimated. It's scattered. Uh, and prophetically, prophetically, Ezekiel is being told it's like dry bones, just like an army. Imagine reducing an army. Imagine reducing an army to just dry bones in the dust. That's not much of an army, is it? And Ezekiel's going, look at this. Look at this. This is not good. Look at the church. This is not good. Look at that person's life. That's not good. But God gives us a key. God gives us a key how to rectify this. I'll give you a short version. 22, therefore say to the house of Israel, say to that person, say to C3 Tugra, say to your life, my life, Therefore say, this is what God is saying, Therefore say to the house of Israel, Ezekiel, This is what the Sovereign Lord says, It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you have gone. I will show the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, the name you have profaned among them. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Sovereign Lord. And when I show myself holy through you, through you before their eyes, Ezekiel 36, 24 says, for I will take you out of the nations. I will take you out of that desolate place. I will take you out of that scattered place. I will take you out of bondage. I will take you out of Babylon. I will take you out of darkness. I will take you out of that, 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 that corruption of life. I will restore you. I will heal you. I will take you out and I will bring you back. I will gather you. Say, gather you. From all the countries, no matter where you're at in life, I believe God can bring you back and gather you back. Who believes that? I believe God can bring you back. He brought me back. He can bring people from the brink of hell. He can bring them back. And he's saying, God is saying to Ezekiel, for I will take you out of the nations, the nations that have held you captive, those spirit." Those, those spirits that have kept you captive, those cultures that have kept you captive, those places that have kept you captive, I will gather you. Nothing will stop me gathering my people from all the countries and bring you back into your own land, a prophetic destiny. Thirty-seven, thirty-one. Ezekiel. The hand of the Lord was upon me. I pray the hand of God be upon you and upon this church. And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and he set me in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. And he asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I said, Oh, sovereign Lord, you alone that. You, you alone know that. And then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath into you and you will come to life. That's what's happened to some people who got saved. Some people have begun this process of seeing their dry bones with skin, tendons and skin. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath into you and you will come to life. And I'll attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skins. And I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So there's four levels. The first level was coming together where there was a rattling sound. Ezekiel 37 verse 7. 
He prophesied. Ezekiel prophesied. We've got to prophesy into our church, into our circumstance. There was a rattling sound. And the bones came together, bone to bone. And I looked and tendons and flesh came. And there was no breath in them. And so God says, Ezekiel says, was that a false prophecy? No. Prophesy again to that part that's not living. Prophesy to that part of your life that's not living. Prophesy to that area of your church that's not living, that's laying dormant. Prophesy to again. So level two, the breath of life. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy to the Holy Spirit and son of man and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come from the four winds, O breath and breathe into these slain that they may live. And so we got to go back and prophesy again. We got to prophesy into our church. It might have skin and tendons. It might have form. There's a new church arising. It has form. It has a sound. A rattling sound, a sound, there's a new sound. But God says, now prophesy again into it. Prophesy the Holy Spirit into it. Level three, spiritual warfare, hope deferred. Ezekiel 37, this is where a lot of us are at. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath ended them. They came to life and stood up to their feet, a vast army. Look at our church, look at how it's rising. Look at me, look how I'm rising, my salvation. I've got it, I'm alive, I'm living, wow. But there's some people standing up that are saying, just like this. Verse 11, Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. And they say, Our bones are dried up. So the army is looking great. And it's got the spirit. But then it actually says, Our bones are dried up. Our hope is gone. We don't really believe there's much hope left. You might be saying that as a church. You might be saying that as a born-again believer. I don't believe there's much future for my life left. I've lived a good life. It's been good, but I just got to go into damage control now can, and, and just live a life comfortable, preserved in God. But the Bible says, if you preserve your life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life for his sake, you will find it and you'll become bigger. See what happens? Got to be real. This army stood up and said, yeah, we look great. Wow. Look at us. But actually we feel despairing. Uh, we feel isolated. We feel disconnected from your purposes, your love, your plans. We don't really feel that great, Ezekiel. And Ezekiel says, this ain't working. Was that a false prophecy? And then God says to him, the fourth level, the fourth level, even cut off. Some people feel cut off from the church. There's supposed to be 10,000 Christians on the central coast cut off from the church. Cut off. We don't feel part of the church. We feel cut off. We're despairing. We've gone through a bunch of stuff. We're hurt. Man, I was abused. I'm sick. I'm tired. They shrink back. And it's real. We need to be real. We need to be real. And real. No, not hyper faith. No, I get it. No, we need to be real and say, I don't feel good. I feel despairing. I'm not hearing you, Pastor Phil. I'm not hearing the hope for the future of the church. I'm not seeing Jesus can do all that he can do. I'm not seeing that anymore. It's okay, church, to be real to God. And say to God, I'm not feeling that I'm going to get a house. I'm not feeling that I'm going to have another wife or husband. I'm not feeling that I'm going to get a better job. Job. I'm not, it's okay. You can do that. But then God says in the fourth, he says directly to Ezekiel in the fourth part of this plan that God's given the church to prophesy into that world. The level four, hope for the future. Therefore, prophets, because hope deferred makes the heart go sick. Hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. And do you know what? I think for the first time in my Christian life, 
I felt that probably in the last year. And I have, I believe I have extraordinary faith. But you know what? I felt myself. I felt my hope disappointed, my heart despairing. I've just been real. Ezekiel 37 verse 12, Therefore prophesy to them, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, O my people, I am going to open your graves. That's resurrection power. Bring you up from them and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from there, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. And I will settle you in your own land. Where, what's your own land? Because that's the scripture in 36 that was prophesied. I'm, I'm going to bring my people back from, from all the countries and the nations. I'm going to bring them back into their own land. What's your own land? Your own land is your promised land. Enter therein to your promised land. A land of milk and honey. A land of God's provision. A land where there is giants, but you can overcome those giants. Amen. It's a land where you belong, where you will prosper and live out your days in, with a future and a hope. That's what you want. You don't want mere Christianity. That's not going to do. You've got to wrestle. You've got to prophesy, prophesy, and prophesy four times as equal had to prophesy. And this is where the church falls short a lot of the time. We fall short of realizing prophetic fulfillment because we stop prophesying into our world, into our church, into our city. Ah, we've given up on why. We've prayed into that whole bunch. We're just going to leave it to its own devices. No, because there's a prophecy to fulfill for the prophecy. And don't you love it? I love that statement. I love that statement. I love the phrase, then you will know that I am the Lord and have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord God in verse 14. Ezekiel 37 talks about four levels of agreeing with God, prophesying where necessary to see the fulfillment of God's word. We cannot be a people that faint easily. Discouragement has no place in us as God's people. If we choose not to back up, but to keep moving forward through the levels of prophecy, then God will perform his will in us and bring about prophetic fulfillment. I want you to, I want you, this is the last thing. I want to declare something. The enemy loves to interrupt our life cycle in one, one of these stages so that the fulfillment of our destiny cannot be complete. I think I will put up that, that I've, I've come this far, Tim. I may, I may as well put up the one to a nine to help some people realize that you are on a life cycle. Your life is being moved from conception to the end of your life through, through a development program. The first one is conception. The first one is conception. God begins his purpose for us by knitting us together in our womb. Two, birth. The new life that God has created is brought forth. Three, the age of accountability. We gain an awareness of our need for God. Four, rebirth. We are quickened from darkness into light. Five, receiving hope. We search for and receive the expectation of God for our future. Six, maturing of our faith. Our faith is matured into an overcoming weapon of God. Love that. Seven, that's what's happening in your youth group, Garth. There's faith that is maturing to be an overcoming weapon in those young people. Seven, demonstration. God demonstrates his power and his wisdom, which unlocks our destiny. Eight, manifestation. God manifests his glory and inner fulfillment of our identity in him. And 
and nine completion. Our role in the early realm is completed as we face death and enter into eternity. Amen. And this is my last statement before I have a prophetic thing to do. The enemy loves to interrupt the life cycle in any one of these stages so that the fulfillment of our destiny cannot be completed. He would love for us to miss the kairos, the opportune time for us to engage God, to move forward and to realize our now time in God. Church, we need to declare something this morning. I declare, this is a prophet, this is a powerful can, you, can we read this together? Can we read this together? This is, I'm done, but I, I need to do this. I declare that God has a purpose for my life. Can we all do it together? I declare that God has a purpose for my life. I receive wisdom and revelation over the hope of my calling. Let's all stand up now. Let's stand up into this. I declare that every strategy of hell that has interrupted God's plan for my life will be exposed. I declare that every hindrance that has stopped me from progressing will be revealed and that I will advance in God's plan for my life, my church, my city, my nation. I declare that my faith will be stirred. I declare that new strength. Now lift up your hands as you say this. I declare that new strength will come into my spirit and I declare that the wilderness will blossom and God's glory will be seen in my life. I declare that the best is yet ahead. And amen and amen. Father, we prophesy. I want to do this, guys. This has been an extended meeting because this has been a very important meeting. It hasn't been a pastoral meeting. Visitors, if you've been here for the first, sorry, we, we do a half-hour message. But this was a very... We're at a, we're at a crossroads, guys. We need to get out of this season we're in. We need to get out of this desolation season. And we need to do like Daniel did. We need to turn our face to God. And you need to do this personally too. Because I believe you need to come out of the season you're in. I believe you need to come out of the season... It, it's not good enough being a nice Christian, guys. I'm sorry. Nice Christianity. God didn't say to Ezekiel, be nice to those dead bones. Now pick up every bone nice and carefully. Stand them up. Put a uniform. No. He said, prophesy my will, my intentions. Declare it by the power of God. I decree it. I declare it that as you speak, Ezekiel, those dead bones will come alive out of that dry valley. They will come alive and be a mighty, vast army and do my bidding in these days. C3 Tugra, I prophesy into you. I prophesy into your dry bones of your personal life, of your corporate life in God, in Christ, in C3 Tugra. And I prophesy into the territories around your life. I prophesy those dry bones are coming alive. I prophesy breath is entering in you. I prophesy skin 
and tendons and the sound and the form and fashion of a new day is beginning to be seen in the spirit realm for your life. You shall stand and be accounted for. But yes, you have complaints. Yes, you have anguish and despair. Yes, you feel isolated. But as I declare this to you, it's going to come off you. Resurrection power, the fourth stage of Ezekiel's prophecy. I declare to you, despair come off. Disappointment come off you right now. And hope and a future of Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Not plans to harm you, but plans to give you a future and a hope. Thus saith the Lord, a future and a hope for C3 Tugra, a future and a hope for your life, for my life. I'm coming out. I'm coming out of the desolation. I'm not going to do 40 years. I'm not going to do 40 years. 40 days max. 40 days max. And I'm coming out in power just like Jesus.